Hello everybody, um, I'm back, um, just, yep, yeah, I'm back on the, uh, the old podcast again, um, after I've got over my fame and fortune for being on telly, no money kidding, uh, I was rather embarrassed, I didn't realise how bad I looked with no teeth in, um, it just, I've had quite, um, a little bit of feedback from that, I just thought I'd let everyone know, um, I had a few from um, America saying that they needed subtitles to uh, understand my accent. Um, um, I don't know what to say about that. I can't change it. It's what I am. Um, maybe I can talk a little slower. Uh, I don't know. But anyway, uh, I had a lot, quite a good feedback. Um, one prisoner, uh, one person text that he was in the same at Dubgate in twenty eleven on Lima Wing. Knew a couple of my uh, colleagues, uh, but I don't remember the gentleman. I think I just I was in comms at the time anyway. So uh, we also had one which disappeared quite quickly, apparently from somebody who worked with me, who said um, I was a lazy officer, um, and I tried to make out I was in the thick of things and I wasn't. I was making up and I was lying. Um, I can assure everybody, and anyone who knows me knows I wasn't lying. Um, I don't profess to have been in the thick of it. I um, I only tell things that happen to me. I don't. I don't. I'm not a life stealer. I don't steal other people's stories to make myself look good. Um, I'm assuming this gentleman's a glass back in the shit house because he he didn't leave his name. Um, he he um, his tag name was OAFC. Um, if you're man enough to speak to me properly, mate, we'll start. We'll talk about how I didn't. Uh, I wasn't. I was definitely, definitely never a lazy officer. Uh, and I know about four hundred people who can back me up on that one. Um, and, and so I think this gentleman's got me mixed up with someone else, don't you? Um, so yeah, that's um, all I'm going to say about that, really. Um, so yeah, I'm glad to be back on here anyways where you can't see my face. Uh, um, you probably tell I still haven't got my teeth in yet. Um, I hope um, I hope Dino's okay now. Um, people who know him know what I'm talking about. Had me worried for a bit there, Dino, you big bugger. Um, so we hope all's good with you, my mate. Um, and the things that's happened since I've gone away is mad. People who are having babies and all kinds of stuff. Um, nice one, Charlotte. Um, yeah, I'm quite touched by all that, to be honest. Um, Ollie's had her baby. Bloody hell, I'm missing it all now, aren't I? Missing all the soppy bits. <laughs> so, yeah, it's... Um, Alright, I want to talk about um, people who, who, who are a good, I mean I might have mentioned it a lot, but brave, brave people I've worked with who, you know, get, they, they just get stuck in with things and try and solve things out and then they're not, they won't get intimidated, they're not intimidated. Some of the littlest people, I mean, yeah, 
I think some people think they can um, intimidate people because they're small and uh, I think they get bite off more than they can chew. Um, and, you know, they such brave people. And quite a few of them are the ladies, the, the females I work with, uh, you know, you're talking to like I'm talking to some of them, right, and you think, you know, oh God, did get keep me out of need. And then when you see them, you think, Jesus, picks you the way around, mate. Um, I could give loads of examples, but I've got one, this little Stevie, I'll tell you that. And she's so little, she's dead nice, she's all like, talks nice to everyone. And one day I was walking. I came onto her wing for something, I don't know, I can't remember what it was, I was coordinating at the time, probably me being a fucking overprotective of everyone, I was probably going to check everyone's all right. And she had this big tall prisoner in, in the server and she was giving me a right fucking bollocking, proper bollocking mate. And it's like, what? And I just stood there, I couldn't even speak. And this lad was had his head down, he's like, oh sorry, sorry miss, sorry. And she was proper ripping him. And... Um, it's what I'm saying. Little, another lad, little Mark, Mark Walker. I call him little. He's a, little, a bit smaller than me, so he's little Mark. I'm big Mark. Um, fuck, hey, I tell you, one of his fists was the size of both mine, um, and he, he didn't detect no shit, and people tried it on with him because he was little, and he soon fucking put him in his place. He had a lot of, he had a lot of respect off his army. He, 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 was, uh, he was a bit deaf. Um, I think he played up to that sometimes and then we tried to get hold of him and he's like, oh, sorry, I couldn't hear you. And he's bollocks, he couldn't. Um, but yeah, we all do. We all have our little quirks like that where we we, we play on it. Um, well, I, I used to do it so I could have a fag. No, I didn't. I didn't really. Um, yeah, so um, we all have quirks, but I'm just saying some of the brave people I work with and they weren't all little, they were some big lads, they were some just normal sized lads that, you know, they just wouldn't have it. They, they were like me, they were fair, but you, strict but fair. Um, you know what I mean? I mean, obviously this gentleman who says I was lazy and that, but never worked with me properly. Um, probably saved his ass a few times, to be honest, but yeah, there we go. Um, but yeah, I don't know why it bothers me because people who know me know I'm not a lazy officer, so... Um, but it does it. People, again, people who know me all know that if a million people told me I was good and one person said I was shit, I'd listen to the one person. So that's probably why it's bothering me a little bit. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me if it was one of the fucking shitty management I had to go up uh, putting things like that on, trying to put me down. Won't work, dickhead. Even though you think it does at the minute. Um, so, yeah, I mean... 90% of the people I worked with were brave as fuck, mate. They were just... You could rely on them if it kicked off and they was with you. You knew you'd have backup and we'd probably get away safe. Because sometimes that's what it's about. It's not about being a big man and fighting people. It's about getting out safely. Um, and that, yeah, it's just... You've got to get away from... Sometimes, I mean, even me, I'm an idiot and I've got... Sometimes I've got no fight or fl uh, flight in me. But, you know, sometimes you've just got to walk, just <laughs> not even walk away, fucking run away. Um, and it's been done on occasion. Uh, but then you've got people that you just like, 
they'll stand with you against all the odds. They'll stand with you. Hopefully, I was one of them that people knew I'd stand with them. Um, apart from OAFC, who can't even give his name. Um, so yeah, it was uh, all the time for a bit, and even if you, if I went to another wing to do a shift because I did my short staff, I always like you always relief when you see who's on with you because you fuck for that. Um, not only that they know their own wings, which is a ninety percent bonus, um, but you know that they're gonna have your back like you're gonna have their back. Um, like I was telling previous one about the shower after COVID, even though it was wrong, I had two officers with me straight away when the lad started arguing with me, even though they knew I was in the wrong. And then once it was over, they told me, you're fucking an idiot, you're in the wrong. And I'm like, oh shit, sorry. But they were still there behind me. You know what I mean? And it's like, I've done it a few times where people have been like, one of these officers, you know, by the book officers, he was complete dicks. But they're my colleagues, and if they look to me like they're in trouble, then I'm going to be behind them. And then afterwards, like they said to me, you did, you did, you fucking shouldn't have done that. But you, you stick with your colleagues, so, I mean, it, it happened everywhere, mate. I'm not going to, I'm not going to, um, well, I am, but everywhere I work, we had that, we had that sort of, there were most people we knew would be like, or if I, if someone's if my alarm went because I was in trouble, I knew that everyone would come straight away. I mean, the big difference with comms, I think, now, um, well, when I was there, when I was in comms, we just used to have to set the alarm going if someone pressed the orange button, and then we'd just say, like, personal alarm, bravo, wink. And everyone would like, but now they say they actually say the name of the officer, which is, I think, it's better. Um, personally, I think it's better because we all run to any alarm, but sometimes when it's your mate, you run a bit faster, don't you? Um, saying like when uh, my mate Ethan, he was acting up manager, um, um, and as a manager, you you don't. Get involved as much. You have to, you're the one who's supervising it, so you've got. It's like the doctor in at resource stands there and watch everyone else do it to make sure they're doing it right. But I think Ethan forgot, um, and he went into this up prisoner first, which he shouldn't have. But he, uh, and he got stabbed, um, and we all knew his call sign. So when it went, we fucking all got dashed over there like something mad. Um, it was also when we got there, they actually dragged him out and they locked the door on the prisoner. Um, but it was just that's what Ethan would have done with us. Um, but then I'm on the wing and I want to see him because I trained with him as well as being his mate, so it's like a bit personal. And he's like, No, Mark, you better not. And then Claire, Claire Pearson came up to me, she went, Mark, cause I think she could just see how angry I was. And, uh, when I get angry, I lose my fucking head and that's the end of it. Um, she's like, go and get Vian, which is Ethan's brother, and get him away. And I'm like, yeah, okay. And that gave me a purpose because I knew if Vian got him, there'd be fucking trouble. Because um, Vian said to me when we, me and Ethan qualified, he's like, Mark, look after our Ethan. And they always, even though Ethan won't admit it, <laughs> um, 
Yeah, Ian's a good bloke. I mean, I said previously when he took a broken rib from me, so whatever Ian wanted, Ian got off me. Um, even me, uh, when I'd done something good and I got we got vouchers, uh, I gave them to Ian so his kids could get, well, he told me he was going to get them a paddling pool. And do you know what? Between Ethan and Katie's missus, he's probably on fucking four times as much as me. Yeah, I'm giving it. He's a, I don't know. He was a good bloke over here. You could, you could never, I never could believe what he told me because half the time he's whining you up. It's proper mad. Um, but he told me Ethan had left and gone and worked for BT. So I believed him. And then I seen v, Ethan a few days later. I said, hey, you dickhead. Why didn't you tell me he was leaving? He said, I'm not fucking leaving. Oh, bollocks, he's got me again. Uh, so yeah, and there's another brave man, Vian. Um, so yeah, the, the officers, mate, are brave as fuck, brave people, and they, they're not. They all come from all walks of life, mate. They're not like. I mean, I was a scruff. I come from a scruffy council estate in Manchester and all shit like that. But these people are brave as fuck, man. I I I was in the army. I knew brave people, but these. You've got to face it day in, day out. Every day you come to work, you don't know what you're going to face. Uh, and believe me, the, the laughs and the banter we have, it, you, think, you wouldn't even think what job we were doing. It's um, pe first thing people hear when, when I say I used to be a prisoner officer, oh, I bet that's an hard job. Oh, but, oh, yeah, it is an hard job, but it's also a good job. If, if you like it, if you enjoy doing that kind of work, and I'm not like these ball bags you think we're just like going in there because we like fighting and we're bullies and all that shit. It's not about that. Um, I'm, most people who criticise prison officers have never done the job. So shut the fuck up, mate. You haven't done the job, so don't fucking bother me with it. Don't, I don't want your opinion. You've never done the job. Until you've done the job and worked with the people I work with and seen what they how they go out of the way to help people, even the most horrible people, they come in, most horrible crimes, we don't treat them any different until they see us different. And then you've got to, because if you don't, they imagine what you're going to be, they're going to be in your prison for 10 years and they think you can fucking take the piss. Do you know what I mean? But honestly, apart from certain offenders, which I've mentioned before, um, I I never, ever, until we got this new keyword thing where we had to look, never ever looked at what anyone did because I took them for what they was. Um, and some of the people, you won't, you'd be surprised, some of the most people who've done the most heinous crimes, and you wouldn't know, unless you read the record, you wouldn't know. Um be pleasant, I'll talk to you. Some of them realise, you know, I've done... I've, Basically, they all say I've done the crime, so I'll do the time. And a lot of them are just... I've got on with quite a few people, prisoners. Well, not quite a few, a lot of prisoners who, who have been involved in some horrible things, but they're all right with me, so I'm all right with them. They're in jail, they're serving the punishment. Good. Um, and, I, I'm, and that's a lot of us, a lot of us. It's not just me, it's a lot of officers like that. Um, even when you find out what you've done, what they've done, it's like, oh, well, he's not like that now, is he? So I'm fine with it, and he's doing 30 years for it, so 
You know, it's, what's the point of making an enemy of someone who's going to be in your jail for 10 years? It's, it's no point. Um, I had that once with that gentleman from my side where we was just like two stubborn little monks and we wouldn't speak to each other. <coughs> that went on for a couple of years, but it, it did in the end. We, we shook hands and it was all done. We were just being stubborn little fuckers. But, you know, these people, it's office, prison officers are excellent people. Uh, and out of uniform, when we're out in a pub, and, and well, not me, because I don't go out with them dickheads sometimes, there's one that the reception staff will get, not many of us. Um, different people, we're just like normal, we're just normal people. It's like, half the trouble we have in prison, it's not because of us personally, it's because of our white shirt, but that's the job we take on. Um, I don't agree, uh, part, I've, I said it when I got assaulted, it's part of the job, and never people come mad at me and say it's not part of your job. It's part of your job not to get assaulted. Uh, but you know, to be honest, it's wise words. When I first started, you will get assaulted in your career. Um, I was lucky, really, because, like I said, it only, it only happened to me twice in twelve years, um, and both of them, it was. I mean, to be fair. I'd got in some arguments and I could have got assaulted a few times, but I didn't. Uh, these was no argument, no build-up, just bellends, really. Uh, he wanted to hit a white shirt and unfortunately it was me. Um, and that happens most times, assaults on officers. Most most times is is not personal. It fucking hurts, but it's not personal. Um, there is some, there is some, like, some people who are all the grudge against you. And I said, I've mentioned one before, uh, a, a lad called Colin Butler, who used to work there. He weren't even involved in this one, and he opened the door one day and got smacked in the mouth because someone else had upset this prisoner the day before in a white shirt. So the first white shirt in his door, in his eyesight, is getting it. You know what I mean? So, yeah, it's... Uh, but it, it's a difficult job, and it, it has its... Um, it, oh, what's the word I'm looking for? It has its issues, that's not the word, but it'll come to me in a bit. I'll just shout it out when it comes to me. Um, and it can be a tough, tough job sometimes. Um, the toughest part, <laughs> the toughest jobs I ever had, and I couldn't really fucking cope with them, was uh, constant supervisions. And you're supposed to do two hours and then get relieved and then but you know it doesn't happen sometimes you can be there for your full shift you know some people don't mind it because they just sat there but i just cannot sometimes you sit with a prisoner and the fuck it the shit they talk to you and you know that 90 percent of it's not true but you can't actually say that to him you can't say oh bollocks mate and you've got to listen to this bullshit for fucking hours but then on the other hand i got um I did one once in SEG. Now, he was, this lad that was in SEG, he was, uh, he was in SEG, obviously, boo, and um, he was on a constant because he, he proper liked self-harm. But he was one of these lads who could not do prison. So he was always fucking kicking off. Um, always, like, assaulting staff or where all the little jails he went. And anyway, I got put on his concert with him, and, I, and, I, and I'll be honest with you, I was going there thinking, oh my God, here we go, bullshit, fucking corner, and I think I had about five hours left in the shift. 
So I'm like, here we go. So I sat down with him and we start, just started chatting. And I thought, mate, we just sat there for five hours swapping. He's just telling me all the stuff he's got up to in other jails and why he does it. And it's just like, it was, I think it was one of the best half shifts I've ever done. Because it, it was a brilliant chat and we were chatting for ages and ages. Um, and some of the stuff that I like, he's asked, he's, I was telling him about a few of the things I was, we went on about what we did in our early days and I was on about but when I was in the army and stuff like that. And it was um, proper, like, proper, honestly, it was really good. Um, I can't remember his name. So we ended up chatting with him, but I, I always try and, like, you know, be the counsellor. <laughs> well, why don't you fuck? I, it's my famous saying this. A lot of prisoners who know me will probably remember me saying this. Isn't it about time now you fucking packed it all in? I mean, you've had your fun. It was only like 26, 27. I said, you're 27 years old. You've got your fucking life ahead of you. Um, and he, I'm giving him all this and he's looking at me. He just started laughing. He said, it's not going to happen, is it, Mark? I said, I'm just a fucking pain in the ass." I said, oh, fair enough. <laughs> and that, it was brilliant, mate. And um, we had a right good chat. Like, that five hours flew by. Um, so, yeah, if, if they'd have asked me to do a bed watching him again, I would have volunteered for it, mate, and that's not like me. Hey, most lazy staff like sitting there all day, but yeah, maybe that's why I did it, OAFC, because you think I'm lazy. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. This fucking man flu will not go away, I'm telling you. Yeah, so um, that's that bit. So, um, I fucking hell, I don't know. So, yeah, by, back in, um, I don't know where I'm up to now, without, where, what house block I'm on? I think I was, was he on house block two? And I thought two coordinated and there was uh, some right fucking performances there. We had the um, SRU on there, which, oh, I don't fucking one. There was one, um, this is going back to healthcare, but he ended up on house lot two. Um, he was a proper, he was another one, mate. He, he, he wouldn't even accept probation or parole, sorry, because he wanted to serve his time and be done with prison. So every time they tried to give him a recap, he used to do something stupid or he'd refuse to go or and he just wanted to serve his time out. He was a proper handful. Um, oh, what was his name? Oh, I can't remember I can't remember names anymore. Um, so I was in healthcare. Um, and we were short-staffed, as per. So we had um, someone from the housebox came down to do our running. You know, like taking prisoners back from healthcare and bringing some new ones down and blah. And I was in charge of um, outpatients, so I was booking them all in, putting them on the board and then shouting them out when the doctor was ready. Uh, so we used to lock them all, like, we had two rooms, one for normal prisoners and one for the honourable, uh, the uh, VPs. So um, we get them in this thing. Oh, ben, Ben. Oh, we get them in these challenges. That's what I was on about before. Prison officer's job has its challenges. Anyway, so we got um, the lock to this door and I send this, this officer off to um, bring some prisoners down. And this lad, depends, he's kicking off proper like bawling and shouting and kicking the door and all kinds of shit. So I'm like, what's up with you? Because again, I can't, they say just ignore him, but I can't, it's just, it does me. I'm like, what's up with you? 
Yeah, I'm back. You want to go back? He's a cockney. Try to do a cockney action, then you get that. I want to go back. Um, it's fucking nearly dinner time. And I said, just hang on, mate. I said, there's a member of staff coming down from your house. Like, no, I'll ask him to take you back, because that's what I had to do. Because this lad had took fucking ages. I don't know what he was doing. He's probably having a brew and a fucking chat. Um, so he's had to come down from his house lot. And I said, listen, can you take him back? Because he's pissing me off. Why? His second name was, not Ben, his second name was... Anyway, so this officer said, Mark, I can't, I've got to go to, to uh, the kitchens and the stores. I said, yeah, all right, mate, no worries. And um, so I went back to tell him, and he's like, yeah, fucking lying bastard. He started fucking right at the door. So, yeah, I know, don't. But being a dick, I opened the door, said, what the fuck's wrong with you? And he fucking went for me. Um, and I pulled away... And my key was in the fucking door, wasn't it? And it pulled off, and I'm like, fuck. Uh, well, I managed to lock the door anyway. Um, and I literally shit myself. I mean, not literally, like, pooed my pants, but because he's a fucking mad bastard. Um, and I went I went off to the toilet, <laughs> come back down, and he's still there, he sat down, and, and I said, I, I still even then, I went out and said, listen, mate, you all right? I said, I'll get you back as soon as you can. And he stood up and walked towards me and I thought, here we go. And I'm like, I'm not going to fucking back off. So, and a lot of the other prisoners stood up as well, so I'm thinking they've probably got my back here. But And he come up to me and he went, shook my hand and he said, right, just let me explain. There was another lad that worked at the jail. He was a cop, Danny, Danny Matthews. And me and him, from a distance, could have been brothers, both had bald heads. Both had to, we actually had the same glasses, not by on purpose, but so a lot of prisoners called me Danny. And me being a dick used to get annoyed about it, so that obviously made him do it more, but you know, it was just so he goes, Do you know what, Danny? I shook me hand and he said, I thought you were gonna get a team down here to get me fucking wrapped up and segged off and you didn't. I said, mate, what am I gonna do? He was a bit angry. And yeah, I said, I nearly lost my undies through you, but you know, that's fine. And do you know what? When I went to work to house lot two, he shouted me, he still called me Danny till the day he fucking left. He shouted me, and Danny had left by then, it was only me there, but anyway. And I'm older than Danny, so he should have been called Mark, but it's my own fault getting fucking wound up. Um, never one bit of trouble. And even if he, he died shouting and bawling, I'd be like, ew. Why he shut up? And he got he start laughing. He go yeah, all right, Danny. And he, he and I was there in reception when he left, and he shook me hand and he said thanks for everything. Um, oh, he had he had horrendous burns down his side, and then he had to set himself on fire and all kinds of shit. He was fucking nuts. Um, and he went. He's, he's gone out. You he, he, he said me oh, I can't get out and see my son and all that. And I said why don't you take your fucking parole then? He said, no, no, I'm not going out on licence. He just wouldn't go out on licence. He wanted to be free. And it, it, I think it was a bit of a karma, because uh, he could say, oh, I've done my time. Still be full sentence, you know. A bit mad to me, but, um, yeah. So, yeah, White, uh, he was at house lot too. He, he was uh, calmed down a lot, to be fair. Uh, he started um, getting in with the regime. and like, He still had his outburst now and again, but... Um, especially, and he started cutting his meds down and everything, he was doing good. He, he told me about, because he was still a bit of a spice, get, if he, a lot of them would, if, if, if they could get it, they'd use it, you know what I mean? Um, 
he said to me, well, I've cut down on that shit now. I said, what do you mean, cut down? I said, well, a little bit. I said, oh, fair enough. Because you've got to make... You've got to accept these in prison. It's going on. However much you try or you think you're trying. And they always like to talk and give you... I used to say to a lot of them, come on, mate, about time you packed it in. I said, we were all nutters at one time. I said, I was one in the army, but I calmed down. You realise you can't keep doing that, you're going to be dead. He said, you, you, especially younger ones, fuck, you got all your life left. You don't need to be in and out. And even some of the old lags used to say the same, listen, you don't want to be like me, mate, Give you 30 years. My life's gone. Kids have gone, wife's gone, everything. It's, uh, I don't know how they do it. I couldn't do it. I think I'd be like that lad who's kicking off all the time because I'm bored and shit. <laughs> um, so, uh, it's... Uh, Mad. It's like a different world behind them walls, and that this is what I'm saying. People who criticise prison officers, come do the job for a week. You won't criticise us then. Oh, you, you, yeah, you will. You criticise some. I mean, I, um, I go on about how I used to look after nurses, but um, not long before I um, left. Um, I'd had a bit of a day with a mental health nurse who just proper pissed me off. What it was, right, he was taking this prisoner down to, uh, he was going to a mental health hospital, a secure mental health hospital, um, and we had these prisoners in that were, like, being transferred and they'd been there fucking ages because there was some old up with the, the transport. So, it was all having a bit of banter and some of them had been there a while, so they knew most of the reception staff, so... We was all having a bit of laugh at him, and I go, ah, there he is, fucking man, mad monk and all that fucking... And I'm laughing at him, saying, I'll fucking give you a mad monk in a minute, I'll come in that door and fucking... So, anyway, we, this first of all, the mental health nurse was stood outside for some reason, she didn't know where to go. So I went out and said, oh, you're waiting to take such and such a body? Yeah, yeah, oh, come with me, I'll take you to... I took her in, took her out of the back. I'm like, oh, the usual reception fee, do you want a brew? Uh, making a brew and all that, basically looking after her. Um, so, anyway, we get this lad sorted out, and it, he's a lad that I've known, he's been in the prison a while, and he, he had his mental health issues. I felt a bit sorry for him, really, but he shouldn't have been there in the first place, in my opinion, but that's for another day. Um, so, we're getting out. So, I've just told you that we're having a lot of ballot with these prisoners. We've been there about five hours waiting for the thing. So sometimes they'll get them kicking off. These lads were all right. They knew the game and they knew it were our fault. I was having a bit of a laugh at them. <coughs> so we're going out and I'm driving so I'm not cuffed to this lad. So I'm in front and he goes in and gets booked out. So one of the lads goes, oh, where are you fucking off to? And I said, oh, well, you say I'm mad so I'm going to the fucking nut house. And then she fucking goes mad. Why are you fucking telling your prisoners where he's going. I said, hey, well, I said, I didn't tell him where he was going. You just did. I was on about myself because we've been having this banter. And she's like, you, that's not professional. You telling them he's going to a mental health hospital. I said, again, sweetheart. I said, you're fucking telling him, not me. I said, oh, just fucking shut up and get in the van. So she stormed off and went to the manager. I got took off the thing. Uh, and that's one of the things that dozy bastard upstairs tried to use against me. But when you look at it, I didn't tell him where he was going. I was saying that was where I was going. And then she's kicking off with me, saying, oh, 
You shouldn't be telling them he's going to the mental health hospital. You just fucking told them, not me. Wow. And this is what these mental health people, some of these, not all of them, but some of them are brilliant, mate. Don't get me wrong. But this, these, they just come out of fucking university, think they know everything. And uh, how dare she question my professionalism, you cheeky cow. Anyway, I've, I've gone off track again, haven't I? I'm sorry. So, yeah, the house flap two was, uh, yeah, it was a sight to be old because, to be fair, all I've done for all them years, I've done a bit, a lot of uh, house flap three, bit of reception, bit of TC. So it's like a new house flap to me. I've been on there a few times in the shift, but it's not the same. Um, so, yeah, it was on... Uh, Golf wing, which was the um, enhanced wing, so it's a bit relaxed, uh, more relaxed than I wanted it to be, but um, it was a bit relaxed, yeah. Yeah, so uh, this it was a bit relaxed, and because uh, they were all long termers, and it I, I fucking loved it. It was a good wing. I mean, it's one of the few places I worked where the prisoners just left the doors open. They weren't. There was no, uh, like, pad thieves on there or nothing like that. Um, <laughs> the funniest thing was, I'd not been on there long, um, and the healthcare runner come up and he says to me, um, I've come for Mr Khan. So, <laughs> I stood at the bottom of the wing and went, Mr Khan! And about six prisoners popped their out of the door and said, what? And I'm like, oh, bollocks. Because there was a lot of, um, a lot of Muslims on there and... Um, uh, Asian prisoners. It was about five or six Mr. Khans. <laughs> so as he shouted, Mr. My first lesson on that wing. Um, uh, so yeah, um, and they were all laughing about. Fucking hell, Mike! You need to say our number or our name. <laughs> first name, number. Yeah, fair one, lad. Fair one. But yeah, it was a good wing, and I got on really well with um, all of them. And there was some lads I already knew. Uh, he was. Um, yeah, there was a mixture of prisoners on there, white and Asian, black prisoners, uh, a Chinese lad. Um, oh, God. I tried to get him to talk to me for fucking months. He wouldn't have it. He wouldn't speak to me. Uh, not because he didn't like screws, he was just shy. And every morning I looked at him, morning, I can't remember his name a bit. And, um, and then he just started talking to me. Uh, and then after he says, do you know what, Mark? So you're the first prison officer who's not asked me what I'm in for. I said, Mark, that's what you're in for, mate. It don't bother me. I don't care what you've done. I'm just there to make sure you're all right. Um, and we got on all right with that. It was... Um, what was his name? Oh, I don't know. Um, maybe someone will text me and tell me. <laughs> uh, John Salisbury, probably. Um, so, yeah, it was good on there. And then uh, I got this asked to um, try and um, even the wing out. Um, so I'm like, How, what do you want me to do? I said, well, people who are not, I've got the wrong minister, people who are not acting in hands need to come off the wing. And we, I said, oh, right, okay. So, uh, yeah, I had to get rid of a few. Because when you, you've got, you've got to get a mix right here. Excuse me. You've got to, um, you've got to get the, the <coughs> you've got to get in the middle ground because some of the lads should be on there because they, they, they behave themselves, they've not had nickings, they've, they've done well. 
And then you've got you've still got people there that think they're entitled to everything because of their nuns. Uh, and they don't like they'll be like the normal wings, they'll piss about and bang up, they'll, they'll, they'll you know what I mean? Even during COVID they thought they had the right to have longer in the shower than everyone else. So they they had to get they wanted them off the wing. Um so yeah, uh I had they give me that job to do which didn't make me very popular. Uh but I'm not there to be popular really, already. So anyway, I got rid of it, a few. Um, I got accused of being racist by one, said I'm only moving him because he's Asian. Well, no, I'm moving you because you're a dick and you don't know the rules. But yeah, I've got rid of some, got some other lads on. We had um, an influx of uh, scousers on. Um, <laughs> we, used to have, uh, we used to have two doubles on golf wing, one upstairs, one downstairs. Um, so, when the first round of the week, we had these two two lads upstairs, um, Barley and, oh, fuck, I can't remember your lad's name. Scouse lad he was, anyway. Uh, he had a bit like a Frenchy name. <laughs> Posh name, I used to say. They were up there, and they, they were good lads, and um, I used to have a bit of banter with them, because our office on, on golfing was upstairs as well, so. Um, uh, but Barley, Barley was a good lad. He's a Man City fan. From Torquay, but he spoke like a man because his dad was from Manchester. So it was we had me and him had a lot of fucking banter. Had a few, yeah, uh, and down and then downstairs, we got these two scouts lads in. Um, one of them's the orderly now in reception, um, and then every morning, all all the scouts lads used to go into this cell. Now I know that we had the rule that only two in a cell, but. On the announce wing, you got a bit. You get a bit. Um, it's not as strict with things like that because they all help each other. They're all mates. You know, like I said, they left the doors open. So, so but I used to call it the cavern club because used to be about six scousers in there every morning, um, and it'd be like it always made me a brew and a piece of toast. <laughs> it's like looking breakfast at the cavern club. Uh, they were all good lads. Um, yeah, we had some some lads from Birmingham. We had this one lad in, oh fuck for the life of me, can't remember his name now. He was he was like a career a career criminal, but not like I don't know, it was a, a likable rogue if you like. Some stories he used to tell me about what he, I mean what he got. He he used to run quite a few nightclubs at one point in um, in Birmingham, but being a criminal, obviously he got drawn into things. Um I think he got caught with two million quid for cocaine and something like that anyway. But things he used to tell me, like when he ran away from police, uh, he dived in a lake. You know, like the old cartoon with the reed so he could breathe. And he said, I was fucking under there ages, he said. And I finally think, they must have gone now. And it, it comes out of the water, you know, like this with his reed in his mouth, <laughs> his straw. And the fucking coppers are just sat there waiting for him the night. We knew he'd come out of the end. <laughs> he's fucking mad and his missus was actually a social worker um, and just before Covid started proper uh, we between some of us officers and some prisoners in, on Aslop 2 we were going to do um, like a sponsored run around the I wasn't going to run I was, I was the organiser yeah. 
run around the yard, you know, how many miles he could do and run around the yard. And uh, yeah, I got a lot, a lot, most of the golfing and a lot of the other wings I would uh, wanted to do it. Um, like the gubs, like, oh, can't mix. Said, we, do, we didn't say we want to mix yards. We do it around their own fucking yard, you know. And but then COVID struck, so we couldn't do it. But it was some uh, girl who raised money for some girl who uh, needed to go to America for cancer and stuff like that. It was quite a sad story. Uh, but this lad would ask asked if he could do it, so I took it forward. And we was gonna do it, but COVID struck. Um, yeah, and they were. Big Mr. Khan, he was he was one of the cleaners, he was all right. Uh, but yeah, a lot of them were all right, most of them were all right, actually, once we got the uh, nutters off. But apparently now that wing is not like that, they, they have to lock the road. But some of them lads died, you know, it was like, one one that we used to call, everyone used to call him uncle, because that's, I don't know what, but he was like the, the old man on the wing and everyone used to look after him. He, he died in his sleep, peacefully. Um, Again, luckily I wasn't there when it happened, so. Um, and then another lad, he was only one lad, he's from Manchester as well, he was fuck, dead clever, really clever, like he used to do, uh, he, I think he was an accountant or something, but he got mixed up with some shit and he ended up getting jailed. Uh, he was only a young lad and he always did his fitness outside, even during Covid he was fucking bombing it around the yard and stuff. Um, and he got, he got his cat see in the end, but he was appealing, he had all this legal paperwork, he was, fucking you know. Um, and he, he he got shipped out and he was on the yard one day, then he's run and he had a heart attack and died. I was quite upset about that really, because he was a good lad, I got on all right with him. We had two brothers who were opticians, um, he used to get free eye advice off them and uh, they were in because someone had attacked the family so they went out and got revenge and they got jailed for it so but they were um, yeah they were all right one of them was a bit lazy now and again but his brother used to have a word with him so it was good it was good on that i really enjoyed it um i got made coordinated but i was still on that wing so but yeah the um golfing was a good 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 wing but a lot of the other wings were fucking nuts on our too. Like I told you about Kilo Wing with the SRU, that was a bit crazy. But they had five staff on there and, and anything that happened on there was contained with their staff. They dealt with it. I I went on once to help him and like, yeah, like, right, you can go. So I went because it's not, that's what they did on there, that's what they had to do on the SRU. Because uh, there was some crazy people on there. Um, so uh, it was, it was uh, Juliet Wing, that was the fucking, to me it was the worst wing. Uh, that's where they ended up getting in trouble, but and then we had Fox Top Wing, uh, but my mate was on there. Um, Jace, he was, he was like, he was, yeah, he get, prisoners liked him on there, some didn't, because he, he was like strict, fair, tough but fair. Uh, so most of them liked him, but um, he's the one that he got stabbed on Christmas, uh, Nearly got lost his eye and nearly died when he got stabbed up. Um, yeah, Fox Rock Wing was, could be a pain in the arse sometimes. But uh, there was one lad there, he was on Juliet Wing, and he'd been in ages. And I never ever seen him, ever. Whenever I seen him, he had his Jama bottoms on. I honest, I used to call him Jama Boy. 
And uh, he used to come down and he'd be laughing his head off. Says, and then one day I seen him without his jams on. I said, oh, you know what's up with you? He's got a visit. I said, oh, you don't wear jams for visits then. Um, and I only found out lately, like in the last few months, what he was inside for. I didn't even know, mate. He was just one of those lads that used to have banter with him. He was always had his jab of bottoms. I don't fucking know. He must have had a few pair because we're always different ones. <laughs> but yeah. Jama barge. And then uh, go back to my own wing golfing. You had this little little um, Asian guy, Muslim, Mr. Butt. Uh, yeah, don't, we did all the jokes. Um, oh, God, he was a fucking little miser. Always wanted to come out. Always had an excuse. Uh, and being on the enhanced wing, it was like, oh, so um, all the lads just said, oh, don't, don't let him out, Mark. And they knew I would, but I did. My fucking God, I don't know if I've mentioned this before, but he made the, I don't normally drink tea, I'm a coffee head. I've actually got one here now. Uh, and people who know me will know I'm a coffee head. Um, the fucking reception, never got to finish one hardly. Anyway, um Best cup of tea I've ever fucking had in my life. I don't know. He said, oh, it's just Yorkshire tea. I'm like, you fuck off, it's not. You know what? Afterwards, I thought he could have put anything in that. I wouldn't have known. But uh, beautiful. Best cup of tea I've ever had, honestly. Um, and I always used to seem to go through his door to get him. I asked him something when he was praying. I was like, fuck. <laughs> um, yeah, so... Uh, but yeah, I, I, I thought... I was, I think that's the most relaxed I've ever been working in a wing, um, when I was on that enhanced wing, uh, I suppose, and then when the COVID come, it, it got even then it weren't as bad as other wings. It was, we still got the other one, and I told you about that time I locked them all down just to prove a point. Uh, but yeah, it was good, and it, I don't think I had any trouble on there at all. Anything. Uh, a bit naughty during COVID, but not naughty, naughty, but you got to, I I understood a little bit because a lot of things, a lot of the things with prisoners in prison is uh, talking to the mates and having a little chat and stuff like that, it takes the day up. So when they're locked up all day, you're just letting four or five hours at a time for dinner. And then they've got to get back behind the doors before you get the others out. Sounds simple. But these lads, they've not spoke to the mates all fucking day, so they're having a chat. So, um, but I knew, we, not I, we on the golfing knew that these prisoners would go behind the doors. We wouldn't end up in a bit of a fucking drama to get behind the doors. So, we relaxed it a little bit. And this was a joint decision, not just... So... When they got their dinner, we used to let the next lot out before they got back behind the door, so they'd all stop and have a little chat. So there was a bit of a crossover, but uh, and we we used to be one at the first finish because they all everyone went behind the door. As soon as you got the dinner, they had a little five minutes, went behind the door. <coughs> but one day, um, one of the managers was walking past, and it weren't one of the house lot managers, it was just a manager. I think it was a duty Oscar, well, I don't know. And she's going, of course it's my fault. Mark Davis, why have you got more than four prisoners out? Why? And I'm like, oh, fuck off. So I just said, oh, sorry, we just 
crossed wires there. I think they must have got made some bullshit up. It's like, for fuck's sake. Um, and we did all right. And then um, one of, two of the lads got COVID. Um, proper bad. But it was Barley and his padmate. That, oh, what was his name? Scouse lad. Ugh. They got, by this time, they weren't in the same cell. They had separate cells. Uh, excuse me. Uh, and then they got um, they got COVID and they got it really bad. I mean, Barlett, he weren't a fat lad, but he had a bit of weight on him. And he, fuck, oh, he lost so much weight. Um, and the Scouse lad, he was proper ill. But by this time, I've gone into um, parent mode. So I'm like, proper concerned with these two I'm like because oh, people were when it was at the bad time when people a lot of people were dying with it um, so I kept going in and checking on him like all the time without a mask like a dick like you sure you're alright you want some water and I was proper looking after him um, uh, and that's when I got it but I worked poorly with it anyway but anyway they, they, they got through it all they got through it but they've been they were proper ill with it. It was like fucking piss wet through. We sweat all the time, and it was really bad. Uh, and we were, obviously everyone was locked up because we had like all the prisoners on the wing as well. I was like, fuck. Um, they got through it all right in the end, but I, I think I think that's how I caught it because I kept going in checking on them. Um, so yeah, but they were all right. They got through it all, and uh, number two. Um, Lads who were uh, like dead thankful because we'd looked after them and stuff like that. So, uh, yeah, but I don't think uh, we had any more cases on the wing of it, just the two young lads. Um, we didn't, we had no prisoners got really ill, a lot of prisoners had it, um, but not, ma not many got very ill with it. And the only two we, who did die was when. Um, the injection come out and they, uh, they refused to have it and they got COVID and well, one of them, I know, died in hospital uh, of COVID because he, he refused to jab, so it got him. Uh, the other one was really, really ill. He, he nearly died, but he didn't in the end. Um, he was actually worked more poorly than the lad that died, uh, but he survived it. But the lad who died, he, well, he died. <laughs> um, yeah, so it... it we're too, we got, I think we got away with it all right, to be fair. <coughs> Excuse me, uh, uh, we COVID. But it was hard work, it was hard work. And uh, like I say, on golfing during normal times, I'd have had about seven or eight left on the wing because they all was like, because they were enhanced, they all had jobs or they were t help teaching assistants or uh, they were all, all over the prison. And we just had like the um, retired or the ill that were on the wing. So it had been uh, quite, I don't know if I'd have got bored to be honest, but uh, it was tough work during COVID. Um, yeah, and then there was massive queues getting out of work. So uh, when he called the roll, me, Jason, a couple of others, you'd just sit there gabbing for about half an hour because, especially when it was pissing down, because the queue used to go from People who work at Dubgate will know that, what I'm talking about. There. He used to go from the to get the door to get into the key for key for me, all the way around the jail, all the way past the um, 
V2 gate. Uh, uh, you know, let four at a time through it. It was pissing down. It was like oh. so. We used to just sit in a bubble for half an hour chatting, uh, and then went. By the time we went out, there was no queue. Uh, it was horrendous. Same in the morning coming in. Um, we are. I mean, at, at first we didn't have to have COVID tests every day, so we was all coming in. But they, they'd only let three at a time through security, so the fucking queue was halfway right up the street. Um, Fucking madness, mate. It was crackers. And then we started having to be tested every day. So we had to queue up at the testing place and come out and queue up again. You know, number of times I had to run off, go for a week. I was waiting that long. So, of course, that was knock on them because then it was opened up late and it was a mad dash. But no one was going to work at it because it wasn't like we was dashing to get them off to work. Um it's just a pain in the ass. Uh, like I said, we did lose two officers, two of the best officers ever, um, and two staff and two prisoners. But we, somebody was a lot of people who had time off and everything. But I got it when it was ten days isolation. <coughs> Excuse me, sorry. Um, oh, God, worst ten days of our fucking life. So bored, couldn't even go out, could you? I feel locked in the house. Me, my mate. Dave Jones brought me some eggs round because I couldn't get hold of any fucking eggs and I was just pining for eggs. Uh, he brought me some eggs round because he, he lives near me. Um, luckily, I just moved as well, so it, I was in my new flat for 10 days, so I was bobbing about doing stuff, getting it. Because I weren't poorly, I didn't have no... I just lost my sense of taste and smell. Some people say I had no taste to start with, but that's... Uh, hey, Kev. That was one of yours, Ken Wilshot. But yeah, and and the Charlotte Charlotte Baker used to ring like every day asking how I was and everything like that. That's when no oh, Charlotte's still there, so it's not there. But that's when we had good management, good senior management. Who used to I'm not saying Charlotte doesn't do it now because she, but you know. Depp used to ring me up and all kinds of, are you all right, Mark? Do you need anything and all that? I said, fucking need eggs. <laughs> that's what it was in them days. It was all a team from the top man in the suit to the cleaners. And I'm not saying the cleaners are the bottom of the pilot. I'm just saying of jobs. Um, just real, like, when I got suspended for walking off with the keys and the Depp rang me up, I said, don't worry, mate, you're not going to get sacked. Just see you in a couple of days. And that was it. Um, you know, it, that, that's how a good prison works. Know your staff, you know what I don't like. I've said before, uh, managers and, and the staff in reception, then when I lost my head and I was a bit of a mental health case, they, they, knew, they, knew, they knew I was going before I knew sometimes. They could tell, and they'd be like, Mark, you need to go for a fag or Mark, come on, let's go and have a sit in the back and have a brew. Because um, we all looked after each other. The managers in reception and staff were fucking brilliant for me. Um, it's probably saved my job a few times, mate. Most all of them, all of them can't. Even Andy, who pretended he didn't care, did really. <laughs> he, uh, but yeah, they, they were they were all fucking brilliant with me, and I'll never forget them. I never forget most of the people I worked with, but them last few months in reception, I'll never forget them. Um, 
just fucking brilliant. Lord, Sally. Mm. Oh, God. You just made my uh, Siri go off then when I said Sally. Um, Lucy, Smithy, Zach, even, um, oh, God, I'm going to call him Mr. Ed again, sorry. Um, Leon, Andy, all of them, mate. The nurses, uh, Paige, Gaz, all of them, mate. Brilliant. Um, and if the prison was run the way that we had it there, the reception looking after each other and everything, it would be a fucking brilliant place. But uh, probably some people upstairs don't think that's how you should run a jail. It should be oh, 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 bollocks, man. Uh, Broke my heart when Gaz left, but he went to safer custody, so that was all right. And Neil and Maxine before that. Brilliant. Uh, Big Martin. Uh, Ailey. Winker Ailey. <laughs> <laughs> and your fucking cacaws. Oh, my God, brilliant. Um, oh, I'm getting all sentimental now, and I should be on house lot two at the beach, you know. So, um, yes, I was on house lot two. Um, that was... Um, had its challenges, um, quite a few uh, scraps, quite a few arguments, uh, prisoners fucking knocking shit out of each other and, and we have to go on and, and stop it. Um, one prison was like, it, I didn't know where to go on this one because this, I knew this prisoner was being bullied. And we couldn't get to the bottom of it because he won't tell us who he was, but we just knew that you can just tell. Um, and he finally lost his shit and he just fucking kicked off and started smashing these people up. So we have to go on and separate him and stop the fight. And it's oh, fucking hell. You, you, I was in a bit of a quandary because I knew that this bloke was just fighting back. Um, but we have to do what we have to do and we have to separate him and... We, no one got twisted up, we just separated them and we cuffed them and we got put behind, because then they get every incident like that, they just got put behind the doors first. Well, there was a big meeting about what we to do with them and all that shit. And then they ended up getting to a plan removal and actually we could have dealt with it. They were quite compliant with us, they were cuffed, we could have walked them down to say, which is where they ended up in the end, but uh, not our decision anymore, so... Um, that's another thing that's wrong with it. A lot of times, we'd stop these fights, prisoners would be compliant, because you know that's our job, we have to do it, we can't stand there, well, I'll tell you the story in a bit. Um, and we had our own cuffs then, so we get them, we cuff them, and then we, we used to, well, we didn't. We have to, used to have to wait for the managers to come on and cuff them, because didn't, we didn't have our own cuffs then. Um, and then we'd walk them to seg. So, when we had our own cuffs, we thought it'd be easy, we'd just get these people cuff them. They were being compliant. If they was kicking off, obviously we'd have to go behind the door. But they weren't kicking off, so we'd walk them down to seg them, put them in the cell and seg, walk off, do the paperwork, nick him, off you go. Oh, no, nowadays it's, oh, put them behind the door, and then we'd all get behind the door, and then they'd have the meeting, and they'd have to get a team kitted up, and they'd go in. By this time, the prisoners have a pissed off and has got a fight anyway, or he's just fucking... So, uh, that's, in my opinion, that's wrong. Um, but, yeah, the, the one I was going to tell you about, I mean, I wasn't involved in it, it was nothing, I was. I only seen the film of it after on the camera. Um, 
It was, um, it was on the top landing of Kilo Wing, and there was a bloke in the end south, and it, this other lad had come down, and they were arguing a little bit. Now, during this, there's an officer stood at the railings on the twos. One was next to this argument, and one was on the other side pacing it. And they just stood there looking over at railings, and these two lads would argue, which, yeah, okay, you can hear what they're saying. If it's not getting handy, then you don't. Uh, and then this lad stormed off, comes back off with his shirt off, with a fucking shank in his hand, and starts shanking this lad. And this fucking officer just stood there like, as though nothing happened. It was only when the young officer shouted that he actually, well, like, pretended that he'd seen what, and it was right fucking behind him. Uh, do you know what I mean? So, when I say some officers, we weren't to stop the fight, or we weren't to stop the issue, some of them just let him get over it. Um, glass backs is what we call them. Um, so, yeah, but I know even some, most officers, I, I would have put a stop to the argument, because obviously words were being said, for it to go that far, and uh, listen, just fucking calm down and do one, and I put them both behind the door then, till they'd calm down, not let them stroll around, get the shirt, get the shank and that and shit, but anyway, um, maybe that's because I'm lazy, I don't know, but hey, uh, I know I'm still going on about it, I, I will, I will, piss, it pissed me off a little bit, um, yeah, so, 10,000 people have fucking watched that YouTube thing, you know, He's shitting myself. And the Americans, can, and I've got some Americans that download this, so thank you, and I hope you can understand me. Um, but I'm, I can't change my accent, I'm sorry, I've had it all my life. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, good time, there was some good times, some very, very brave, very brave people. 99% of the officers, I think, I'd call them brave. Um, even like Law and Sally, who worked in the reception's office, uh, doing the admin, well, fucking doing everything except taking them to the wing, I think. Uh, their, their office was right next to one of holding cells, and they're both like nice looking ladies. Excuse me. Um, and they used to get some fucking abuse in there. I tell you what, they, they used to give it back and the prisoners probably shut up after they'd have to go back at them. They weren't having it. They wouldn't have it, mate. They were real good. Um, I think one of them went too far with Lars once and we, had, but we thought, well, I, I wasn't there at the time, but I was told she, uh, they all thought Lars was going to jump all over them because they do do, they, they do, uh, Lars and Sally were, were prison officers, they were um, SOs, security officers. Well, they're not. Well, this is it. We had this argument, we went on for ages. They finally got the job title changed to admin, because they were admin. We couldn't run reception without them too, mate. I don't care what anyone says. Um, but they do spear and all that, the personal protection, so uh, they would have been in their rights too, but... She didn't in the end, but she was a tough little girl. Sally was tough as well, but she, she'd been there since the prison opened, so she uh, she knew how to shut people up properly, <laughs> <That's what I'm laughs> <saying>. <coughs> What I'm saying, it was even down to them, down to people 
in the gatehouse, uh, we get abuse off the off the vans when they come in, and they just used to deal with that. People in Cat Bay used to get you wouldn't believe the shit the families give these people that work in the gatehouse. They're all brave people, mate. Um, and they have to work with the prisons in visit, so they have to put up with all that. But they, they, they do. They put up with it. We all complain, don't get me wrong. We don't do it without complaining. We all complain and go mad, but we're still there the next day doing it. Good good officers, brave people. Um, a lot of the uh, SMT now, who, the good ones in SMT now, used to be, have all been like working the wings. A lot of them are upstairs when I left. I'd work the wings with them or they've been on the wings when I've been on the wings. So, you know, they've got a lot of respect anyway before anything else. And, you know, it was, it was one time when this girl come out, I was coming across, I keep calling it the square like I was in the armor, across, across the um, sterile area. And this girl come out, she was crying her eyes out. and She was a new member of staff. So here's Grandad Davis again. So I'm like, yeah, what's up, what's up, mate? And she's oh, this prisoner had been basically sexual advances towards her, a really like proper bad. Um, and she'd been to her manager, and he'd like, oh, it's just what happened. Just get on with it. So she was really upset. Um, so I'm like, oh, she can't be doing that. And then Charlotte, Charlotte Baker, come come across because now she's upstairs. She don't start till eight o'clock. <laughs> uh, and I said, yeah. I said, Charlotte, have you got a minute? She said, yeah, of course you have, Matt. So I went over and I told this girl, and she's like, right. Because um, Charlotte was in charge of house lot two then. She said, right, we'll deal with this later. Thanks, Mark. And I went, and then Charlotte went with this girl. And um, About, what was it, about two o'clock, Charlotte come through. And she said, yeah, Mark. So I said, what happened? She went, well, I got this lad down. Um, and I fucking bollocked him. I mean, you get a bollock off Charlotte, mate, you remember it for a long time. Um, I made him apologise and then moved him off the wing. So I'm not having that. I said, thanks, Charlotte. I said, Glad someone still does it. Because that's proper management, isn't it? It's put your staff. Not like, oh, that's what happens, get on with it. That's how the prison was getting a bit misogynist by then. Um, that's another, another story. Uh, yeah, so. That's probably about it today. Um, I'm not many stories today. I just wanted to praise a few of the staff, and I've heard a few shitty things said about prison officers. I just wanted to put the record straight. Um, well, like that stupid fucking. Have you seen that? Oh my god! Have you seen who's doing that? Banged up at people. Well, any officers who know this. Have you seen who's doing it? Fucking Claire fucking Pearson. You know what? I put it on the other day, and I watched it for. And she come in like, well, to a staff, like a lowly staff, she'd have put it, like the wing rats, as she called us. Oh, how are we doing today? How are we doing today? She dead nice young man. Oh, fuck off, Claire. Uh, to be fair, she did mention that she'd worked at Dugate, so um, I couldn't watch it anymore. Couldn't watch it. Um, first thing, they said, this is real life in prison like that. And the first thing you see is six prisoners in a cell fucking playing. But the fucking, that's not a proper prison. It might be an HMP, but it won't be at Dovegate, mate. Um, I turned it off then, mate. I couldn't watch it. Fucking real life, my arse. Um, fuck off. 
Anyway, so, uh, yeah, so I thought I'd stick up for prison officers, mate, and say any fucker who wants to criticise our prison officer, any prison officer's job, go and do a job for a week then. Uh, maybe a day you'd last. Uh, very intense, but you get your prison officer humour, and it? That gets you through a lot of days, mate. It gets you through a lot of days. And there is good days. <coughs> and bad days, but there's good days as well where just get on with your job and do what you've got to do. Get win, get people to visits, get them, uh, get the dinners, get them everyone sorted, get them what they need. It's all nice, good days. Um, and you know what? It doesn't matter how bad your day is. I don't know about anywhere else, but where I work, I was having a bad day with Dad. We all went out of that gate laughing or piss, taking piss out of something. Uh, always... Um, most times when I didn't go out happy is when I was on lates and I went out on my own or a few times I had the padding with reception staff and I went home before everyone else. Not like fucking hours, like 10 minutes, wouldn't walk out with them because they'd pissed me off. But they hadn't really, it was just in my head. Um, but when we all went away, it was it was all laughing and joking and taking the piss and all kinds of stuff. It was fucking mad. But that's how you have to be in that job. And if you can't be like that, you, you won't last long. But saying that, I don't find it, it's not a dishonour to leave the job. If you don't like it, you, you, you don't like it. Um, it's one of them, you try it, if you don't like it, it's best to hold your hands and say, listen, I can't fucking do this and walk out the door. Because you're going to get, you're going to put, you get yourself in a state we all got, I mean, I did 12 years, I had enough of the state, but that was for different reasons. But if you're coming through that door every day, dreading, fucking dreading it, and oh, I can't do it, I can't do it, then you're best walking out the door. And it's no dishonour, I swear. It's, I used to say that to people and then toward. At the end of the day, if you don't like it, you don't like it, mate. It's not, it's bigger for you to say after a few months you don't like it than you do because it's different from training. Um, so, uh, yeah, big up to him. It's it's a hard job, but it's it's good. It's a good job if you can get your head around all this shit and and get your sen and have a sense of humour. Really, I think we all have a sense of humour. It still it still happens now. You know, I put on Facebook. I had Facebook. I had man flu. Fucking hell, I got ripped to shit. No sympathy, just ripped to shit. But that's how it is. That's I naively thought I wouldn't get that anymore, but now I've left. But I did. Proper shit. Anyway, um, I'm going to say goodbye and please look after each other and stay safe and talk to each other. Thank you. Good night.